Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to V with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Milan, the show of Harvard, farming, and three amazing locations of the Vinaigrette restaurants. Today's chat is with the amazing restaurateur herself, Miss Erin Wade. She has three locations in of her amazing Vinaigrette concept, Albuquerque, Santa Fe, and this week marks the one-year anniversary of the Austin Vinaigrette location located at 2201 College Avenue. We have a great chat. We talk about fashion, probably the only Harvard grad I've had on the show and may ever have. She's very intelligent. She's very bright, ambitious, and it's really exciting to see what kind of farm-centric ideas and thoughts and processes she can bring to the Austin food scene. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Aaron Wade. about 11 hours i keep trying to like will it to be shorter than that right and it just won't go under 11 hours um but when you're in the middle of west some some places that you are on that drive the yeah. best option is subway it's so it is it's the healthiest option and this is not a plug for subway but i mean i know but the funny thing is i actually tell my staff this we i stopped at this subway i can't remember what town i was in and this guy he just made the shit out of my sandwich like, like he it enjoyed was like, it yeah, yeah, he was like, you know that Louis C.K. I love Louis C.K. Uh-huh. And well, it's, I can't repeat it because it yeah, has you, words that you are totally just not, can. No, this, but it's, it's a, words that are even worse. I say fuck all the time, but it's like the there N are word, some words and only that he can Louis pull C- that yeah. off. And, but anyways, he says something about someone making the shit out of his latte, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, this guy made the shit out of my freaking sandwich. It was so incredible. But at the end, he and the girl that were standing there were like. I made it with love. And I was like, he did. I you know? saw it happen. I saw it happen. So, you know, you can see those moments of what I think food's all about. Yeah. You do see it. And we love to hate on chains and, and they have a lot of problems. But every once in a while, you'll get a glimpse of what hospitality is all about anywhere. You yeah. know, it doesn't matter where you are. And I think that's important to remember because we can get a little rarefied and snobby in our oh, world. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Once they started making a sriracha mayo... I mean, I was kind of sold, oh, right? I know. I'm I, not above that. You know what is so weird? The Everything's accelerated now with web stuff. Like, it used to take a long time for trends to filter down yeah. into the mainstream. Yeah, yeah. It happens so fast because, it, you know, it's it a Google crazy. search away. Yeah. So you'll see. I mean, Sriracha's been around for a while. But for Wendy's to be having a sriracha, sriracha fries or whatever, yeah, like already, like when it's still on, like you know, we have sriracha aioli with our kale fritters. I yeah. was like, damn, I get off my game. Wendy's got this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just happening faster. It's flattened everything. Yeah. So it's like a band that you like. There are no undiscovered bands now. Yeah. You know, it's different than in the '90s where you had to. Oh, I got this tape. It had this band on it. But now it's like 
the most obscure band ever, Spotify will just deliver it to you in tens of thousands. Of yeah, people. and I think that's something that we have to consider just like ease sometimes. So we code things into our experience based on many things, right? Like yeah. so some things are partially physical and or physical and synesthetic in these different ways. And we don't want to, we want to take the benefits that technology is giving us without losing that sort of depth of experience. Yeah, yeah. And, and for instance, like, I have a really hard time. I'm not a music person. I'm not, I love music, but I'm not, like, I listened to some of your podcasts and I was like, oh my God, these people are so cool. I'm such a geek. <laughs> but I have a hard time finding music now when you have to scroll this way instead yeah. of flip through something tactile sometimes, you know? Interesting, yeah. And I feel the same way about food. Like, we just, it's a, it's a full-bodied experience. It's supposed to be taken in through many different portals. You're totally right. It's a food in... When faced with the, as we we both have a nice academic career, from what I understand, at least, and we'll talk about that. But we, my business partner and I, we came out of grad school, and we're like, I don't want to make an app, right? Like, I don't want to make a site. I want to make a thing that you can feel, mm-hmm. you have to interact with. Which just goes to say, do you think that of all the art forms, food and booze are the only ones left you have to be in person to experience? Yeah, I, I, and I, I think that I'm... I chose. I, I was drawn to it because I still so much care about the physical world. That's yeah. still where we experience joy, and technology needs to enhance that joy. Absolutely. But we still exist, and you know the tactile nature of food, the tactile nature of of dirt and growing. Mm-hmm. I was totally drawn to that. Um, I did not want to be sitting at a desk looking at you know Excel spreadsheets. Right. You know, I I still love that. Also, food people at work in hospitality are so funny, and they so and they have to think on their feet all day long, sure. you know. And they're so they're they're engaging and funny in a way that I'm I love. I think that you you're right. I think that being in the bar, being a front of house staff, that is a team thing. Like we are so virtual and we're so connected with this invisible tether i suppose you could say with facebook and stuff but coming into a place where you have to actually physically work as a team someone's got to cut this thing someone's got to carry this thing so i imagine that passion for just the organic the analog realm that is that one yeah. of the reasons they've probably drawn to food yeah absolutely i'm i'm super analog almost embarrassingly so <laughs> um but I love the the anchor of that. I mean, Wendell Berry said, pleasure, I'm going to butcher this, but basically pleasure that does not depend upon ignorance is our most profound enactment of our connection to the connection yeah. to the earth. And I like, I love that because it's like we eat the earth. Like, and I think we still have a lot of, some of us still have a lot of baggage around that, that it's yeah, just it's so animal point. in a way. Right. But it, it is the physical, it's, it's the, figurative and literal representation of our connection to the land that we live on and i think that it's important to kind of acknowledge that in some whether it's just enjoying your food that's what his point is pleasure enjoy your food you know but feel connected to it drink drink the earth i mean mezcalas yes that is the direct conduit to the soil Mm -hmm. vegetables are a wonderful conduit to the soil i mean even proteins yeah you know which is a little more conscience conscious heavy you mm-hmm. know 
Well, so there's a lot of lots to talk about. We can talk about the Harvard piece. We can talk about the Milan piece. We can talk about Vinaigrette's relocations, which we will. But you grew up in a nice green area in Washington State. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What kind of things? I am always so interested as to understand how we are a kid and we turn into these yeah. things that we're doing. Yeah. What were you a smart kid? Uh, academic kid. Um. I was very driven at from a young age. I don't know where that came from. I wasn't pressured by my family, but I was, for, you know, firstborn. Ah. Very, but I love. I I loved being outside. I loved playing sports. Um, so I just grew up running around, um, moving. Yeah, and and I was kind of yeah. I I was so study a lot. Played a lot, did a lot of sports, but I was at, I was on a completely different track at that point. Um, So it's weird. It was formative, but I was kind of a math science person. That's I thought I was going to be a doctor. You know, Mm. go down. What did your folks do? So my dad's a surgeon. He's an oral surgeon, and my mom's a hygienist. They met in Oklahoma and then moved to Seattle. So I had kind of ties to this whole area that I wasn't that I never really connected with until way later, but. But so that was what my parents knew, the professional track, right? Like Dr. Dennis Lawyer. Right. It's pretty clear. Yeah. You know what you're doing. Proven technique, yes, right? You, you know, you know the, the route, you know how, what happens, you yeah. know, after you get out of school, you know, it's very, it was very clear cut and that's what I thought would work I would, for you. I would do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So by the time that you are in high school, was it valedictorian? Mm-hmm. So you're... Were you an overachiever? I was a total overachiever. Like I was a little machine. I don't yeah. really understand. Like I was like Jesus Christ, Aaron. Like I was, I was super. I mean, and but nothing. Everything worked. I would say I didn't struggle in high school. Like some people, high school can be very painful. Right. College was a lot more kind of emotionally painful for me. Coming into your own. Just I was very very homesick, and then it was just that it was at that point. You know, you kind of need some contrast in your life. To to really figure out who you are, yeah. it, you know, I I was just kind of on the, just on the path of this is what I'm going to do. This is what you do. It's all kind of laid out before you, and then all of a sudden I realized I wasn't happy with that. That's not when who I was. About That's that? not what I wanted. Yeah. What, what what was that particular? I didn't path know. At that point? It was just this like, and I think that's the other thing. It's this. It's more of like an inchoate, just kind of like there's something else for me that it starts out of. I I feel like we put too much pressure on really young people to figure it all out way young, Mm. Um, you know. Because I felt like, you know, so stressed about this, and I was like 20. You know what I mean? Like you had to have a black or white answer. (laughs) What you're gonna do for the next 30 years? Yeah, 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 exactly. And we really expect. We really do expect that of kids in college. Like, and you have you really don't really even know who you are yet. I think we should open it up to exploration like and that ends up happening to people in their 20s anyways right but it's a little bit like fraught because no one feels like this is okay that i don't know yeah it's a good point here are the lanes mm-hmm. now if you drive outside of it that's at your own peril yeah right? we want to put people in boxes we really so do. bad yeah. and i think i started to really chafe at that when i realized like i thought i was in this box and actually i was way not that yeah you know i mean i love math and science i loved I love having sort of an, a scientific understanding of things. It helped a lot, but but I, I wasn't passionate in the way that I needed to be to really excel because you have to love what you do. Absolutely. Um, 
So, so how long did that, because we're talking, you were in Cambridge, right? Or mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. at Harvard. Well, and I felt like a black sheep at Harvard. I found out later that everyone does feel oh, really? there. Yeah. It's just like a bunch of people bumping <gasps> well, into Well, I felt like, oh, I found my like best friends in the world there and we were very close and there's amazing people, amazing professors, yeah. incredible minds, but I was super West Coast. I felt like a fish out of water a little bit in Boston. Like I just felt like, I was different than everyone. What, can you describe that? I mean, I've been to both places, and I'm trying to figure out exactly what that might feel like. Um, so I kind of just felt like this earthy, not like, I. well, first of all, I went to public school. Right. And I didn't really know the sort of industry behind getting people into Harvard, and that starts when people oh, are right, right. 10 years old like and have their first. Right? Yeah. Right. And so... That was new for me. And then also, I'm really, really close with my family. And I went the complete opposite side <laughs> the of the country. Other side so of I was the, yeah. very homesick, like bad homesick. Um, I didn't get out of PJs for a long time. <laughs> kind of never went to the dining hall for like two months and then finally went. I ate out of the um, vending machine. Speaking of like terrible nutrition, I ate like vending machine dinner for you a long time. You got to do it both ways, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to. You got to go drink to the bad, you got to drink good. Side. Yeah, bad, yeah. For sure. So anyways, I, um, and then, but I really do think it, it's kind of, a lot of people feel that way there because yeah. you've, you've defined yourself one way as being the best at everything. No, 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 no. And then all of a sudden that's taken away from you when you're with a bunch of people who all have that, have all been that. So oh, you're yeah. kind of just like, it, it's, it's a major transition. Um, and I think it, it makes people feel like they, they're, like the ground's moving. Yeah. Well, it's we- it's weird. I, I've been there one time and not not attending, <laughs> but but I went there and I was like, oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it sucked. It, it's one of those things where it's like you walk into a room and they just ex- everybody's expectations about you are going to be far larger and in depth than it is to just actually just go to school. Mm-hmm. Be a kid. You're a kid. Yeah. You I know? think that's the weird thing that I think back now. I'm like, oh my god, I was a baby. Yeah. You know. I was a baby. So, I mean, I'm not, it's, it's not like it was that long ago, but. Right. Long know. enough, though. Especially yeah. when you find that thing that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. You profoundly change and transform yeah. at an accelerated rate, I think. Yep. So, how long, so did you finish up at Harvard? Mm-hmm. What was, what did you walk away? What kind of. I walked away with an English degree. And that was mostly because I really, like, I love to write and I. I realized when I knew that I didn't want to be a doctor that I was just going to stay in a science major because that's where I had started. But I had this opportunity to really spend my last two years studying something that I really wanted to spend some time. I just wanted to read and write. What, and, it, what and did you like? Are you someone that's into the classics? Do you like more free-formed word salad stuff? Like, um, Yeah, I actually ended yeah. up focusing more on like Victorian novels. Like oh, geez, Jane, Jane Eyre. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I also did a lot with Ian e. Forster, who I love and think is so funny. And I think his voice is very relevant right now vis-a-vis what we're talking about with technology, mm. like Howard's End. And so I only had two years to get everything. So I ended up just, I didn't write a thesis because I didn't feel like I could be expert enough on anything. I more just wanted to really immerse myself in, in good books. Yeah poetry um and writing and so it ended up being a really cool education that i didn't think about at the time but i had two years of intense math science problem sets lab and then two years of a lot of humanities um 
So it was kind of cool. Yeah. It's a nice also, balance. Yeah. Yeah, or a nice mix, I guess. Yeah, and it was kind of a balance, and you can kind of see the intersection of the two. You know, like science is a lot fuzzier than we think it is. Sure. You know, and English is a lot, the humanities are kind of have a lot more sort of structure than we consider them to. You know, we kind of tend to think that math science is so rigid and and the humanities are so wishy-washy and it's not really true. It is funny that it, there is a lot of structure to, to write. Well, mm-hmm. especially you talk about Howard Dand or Jane Eyre, any of the Bronte stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is it is tight. Mm-hmm. It's not particularly loose and creative necessarily. You know? Right. Well, and like good writing needs like a really strong thesis. You have to have like structure. Yeah. Um, to allow all the free flowing to happen, but it still has to have bones, you right. know. So yeah. So with you, so if you at that point like thinking, I've got this nice mix, but I'm walking away with an English degree from Harvard. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking you're going to teach? Are you thinking that you're going? No, to write? and that's why my dad's like, "What are you, fucking English teacher?" <laughs> <laughs> but at that point, like Harvard doesn't have any practical majors anyway, so yeah. you know that you're just gonna like learn. But you learn so much about how to solve problems in whatever major you're in. Right. Um, so I I knew even before I graduated that I wanted to get into fashion, that I was, that's, I knew what the, the feeling, the sort of inchoate kind of German of, of an idea that I was having was that I was this creative person, that yeah. I kind of was always having ideas, and I could bring that into writing papers, you know, because I could write crazy papers, you right. know, like about hats and Ulysses, you know, or like... <laughs> So I, I, for me, the most exciting creative pursuit that was a, it sort of in my wheelhouse at that moment was fashion. Really? Mm-hmm. I just loved it. I was always reading fashion magazines when I should have been studying for organic <laughs> chemistry. Like, it was just the thing that I loved. What, it, what is something about the aesthetic of fashion that you like? What, what is something that you would say, despite how trends go with fashion, I will always enjoy blank? Well, style. Yeah. Um, that it's this very nurturing way of bringing beauty into our days. Mm. I think it gets bastardized and manipulated by pretense in all these different ways, sure. like which is ultimately what kind of drove me away from it. But it's very lo- at its essence, it can be this very loving thing. And adornment is very old. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love a great piece of jewelry. It's kind of like uniform as a way of sort of. I don't know. It's like armor in a sense. It's it's a mood. It's yeah. it's a it's there's a whole emotional quality to it. Um, so that's what I was most interested in. Is I eventually wanted to be involved in creating clothes that could affect how people felt. Interesting. So bringing really what is like structured to this different, more cerebral element mm-hmm. or a psychological element. Yeah, yeah, and in the same way, in in a similar way to food. It, it is be, a very similar. It, it's yeah. a nurturing. It's a nurturing act if you're right. creating something that someone's going to be putting on their person yeah. every day, you know. And and so, but it, it's also just I love color and design and structure. Like it's fun to create stuff too. I love, yeah. and that's what I still get to do with restaurant. That's one of my favorite parts of the whole thing. The composition is of the it, creative process. Yeah. Is the imagination is is bringing something into life that isn't there. Yeah. And and that happens when you're conceiving of a line in fashion or if you're creating a menu or designing a space. It's mm. like 
super fun. Sure. Oh, I, lo- I love the, the creating a brand. Yeah. I love that concept. What's it going to look like? What's it going to feel like? How's it going to be familiar? Yeah. Before, and it you know? starts off all big and fuzzy and right, you don't yeah. know. And, but you start <laughs> yeah. to find pictures and images and text and inspiration. You whittle it down, right? Yeah. It's a funnel process. And it's like such a mystery. Yeah. It's like clue, you know? You're tracking. You're kind of tracking this thing that I think is sort of already there in some other realm, you know, yeah. but you've got to bring it into Tap this Tap into one. it. Yeah. 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 I like that. You got to be a conduit for maybe the subconscious in a way. Yeah. Bit, right? Yeah. So this kind of passion for fashion, which actually that could be potentially the title of this episode. That flows really well. Passion for fashion. It's <laughs> a hell of an album title I've ever heard of. But it takes you to Milan. Mm-hmm. And you are doing what you want to with fashion. You're designing there, or are you actually modeling there? What exactly? I was I was in school for fashion design, Istituto Marangoni in Milan, um, and so I was studying fashion design. Um, I had worked at Harper's Bazaar before that as an intern, wow. and then decided I didn't want to go that route. Wanted to be in design, mm. um, and had an amazing experience. But I also was at a point where I there was like some angst still in my life. Where was where did that come from? It think? was because I, I I just was not at peace with where I was. Like mm. I was trying to find the way, but like so the epiphany I had in Milan was like I kind of need to move to the country because I did grow up and I still am a bumpkin for the yeah. record. Like I really <laughs> like Austin, but I am going to be living in Bastrop as soon as I can because I'm a bumpkin. A like bumpkin. some people just need. You have this duality. Yeah. Like, I yeah. like, I, and that's my weird Leo thing. Uh-huh. Like, I'm a Leo. Like, I love the like activity and the social aspect of restaurants, but yeah. I also have to withdraw and have some dirt and space around me. And so I think that some people need that on a very cellular level. And, sure. and that was one of the things. I had been in Boston and New York and then Milan. And I kind of was like, I need to get back to basics and kind of be able to really feel what's going on with me and what makes me feel help, healthy and happy because mm. you can kind of distract yourself a lot more um, when you're in a super urban environment. Totally. No. You just, do, do you find that you just function? You don't, it, it never becomes introspective because you're just trying to make it to the next place. Exactly. And it's yeah. actually physically challenging to do it. Right, so you've always right. got something that's keep, keeping you occupied, but you don't necessarily have that time to sink in and really, and it's painful to do that sometimes. So, you know, and it was, I, I moved out to, you know, after kind of realizing I, fashion wasn't quite it. And, and sometimes it, the, the, the kind of path lights up in an, in a, not a negative way, but a, like a, ah, eh, that's not quite it. This, yeah. I need to just like tune it into a bit. radio station. just like slightly out. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, um, so you know, I was going to be moving back to L.A. or New York City and... You For know, fashion. Right? Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, trying to get a job, you know, with a designer. And I was like, that's not that's not what I want. Because I was still bringing that striver mentality that I just got to get the next thing done and I got to be, you know... Right. Even to Milan, you know, even how, to Italy. How old are we talking at this point? How so I was 22. God, and you had that already. Yeah. Oh, my God, I had that when I was like... I pulled an all-nighter when I was 12. You know what I mean? Like, I... <laughs> I don't know. This is my like, like this is the part of me that needs to, like I'm constantly, because the point of life is not to like get speed there. through it. Yeah, right, yeah, it's the journey. And, and I definitely had that. I had that clarity, gratefully early. Yeah, you know, because I I was like, 
I don't really function that well just gutting it out. Like some people can just gut it out forever and they do an amazing job. Unfortunately, that's not me. Like yeah. I'm pretty much a wuss. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I like to be healthy and happy. That's right. when I like, I can work really hard that way. I the love sun, it. The uh, sun enhances so, you too from what I understand. Yeah. Videos love sun the sign, sun. Yeah. 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 So anyways, that was kind of, I, I just decided to move to this piece of property in northern New Mexico that my family owned and oh that, so that that's how they connected mm-hmm. so was it a vacation place for them was it, yeah, it a was working kind of indeter- like it was indeterminate at that moment but mm. it was it had been a farm long long ago um water rights are super big in new mexico you've got to use them or you lose them and right. the water hadn't been used in a long time um but fortunately it was banked so we could get them back out but basically the property had been sort of in disrepair and not really taken care of for right. a while but your family had owned how long roughly not that long it no. was like five years so but it was a piece or even less than that because it was we had bought it i think two or three years earlier because my parents love new mexico love the desert as sort of a break to the northwest yeah. but it wasn't really there was nothing going on there and no one living there interesting um so it just seemed to me like it could be an amazing vacation rental or a bit a farm like all of a sudden this sort of urge that I also had that was sort of latent um, to own my own business to be sort of the captain of my own ship was sort of that's appealing right mm-hmm. had you thought about that piece before I think that's that sort of entrepreneurial thing is something that is you don't realize it's there but it was always there yeah. you know um, you have to get activated. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like you got to be in a situation where like, oh, maybe I want to own this thing. Maybe yeah. I want to grow this thing. Yeah. And I think it just, it's weird. I, I that cre- it kind of dovetails with that creative impulse yeah. because it, it's be, creating a business is creative. Yeah, absolutely. You know? um, so yeah, I moved to the desert and started farming really. With no experience, right? Well, and I spent a year reading about it, but I did have that biology sort of environmental science basis for understanding the science of organic farming, Um, just a biological approach as opposed to a chemical approach. But um, yeah, so I um, that's kind of what I started. It was a little bit of a rough transition there for a bit. It's an interesting (laughs) tangent because you're in these hustle and bustle cities. Mm-hmm. these epicenters of culture and fashion specifically and then you go to new mexico yeah i think it's funny there's definitely these two sides to me and now i'm trying to and at one point in my life they were way like one extreme then to the other in a very dramatic way yeah. and now i try to balance them in a little bit more of a gentle way Interesting. because i do like love to put on heels and get all dolled up and put on red lipstick and i love fashion and i love like i love it yeah. but then i love to wear my overalls and get my hands dirty and I mean, if play you, with the pigs. If like, you think about it, like that's the perfect combo, right? I, so you you can relax and be ensconced in the earth, and then go out and be a social butterfly. It, it's very balancing for me. Like it yeah. works for me. Like sometimes what we think the world wants us to be is like, you know, it's so it's it's it makes sense to the world. Like oh, this is how this person should look and act, and the, you know, but that might be very disjunctive for us. Yeah. Like it has to be it has to fit. For you it doesn't matter really like do you know what i mean i do yeah i mean it's 
everybody's different. Mm -hmm. And I don't know a lot of farmers that like the (laughs) gregarious and social element too, like uh, aristocratic almost element of like going out and maybe you don't party, but perhaps you like to dress up and go to a cocktail event, right? I mean, that's it's interesting duality. I'm going to keep using that word. I love that word. I like that. But it's never enough for, I think, you and for me, the kinds of people that we are. Yeah, we've got it, but there's got to be that next thing. And mm-hmm. so the next thing it seems like for you is the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And Albuquerque or Santa Fe was Santa Fe first. was first, yeah. And, but how, so and how it, does that work out? Like, So I like I just had this idea that was I was making all this stuff and I was – thinking about health and thinking about food and growing food. Right. And then, you know, ideas are weird. They just sort of, one day they're there mm-hmm. and they're germinating for a while and then all of a sudden the little seed head pops. You right, know, like right. I, so I, can't exa- I can't remember the exact moment except to say, because I was a complete outsider on the restaurant world, but I had, I think... It's a helpful, sometimes it's helpful to have a beginner's, outsider's perspective. I think so too, yeah. Because you can see what's missing in a way that people who are in it can't. Yeah, it's they're like too the busy York- making payroll. They're too busy, like, you know, bailing the ship. They've lost perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and to me, I could see that there was this, bla- you know, restaurant sales were increasing hugely and yeah. have, you know, there was so there's an increase in in the restaurant industry sales growth dollars spent outside of the home mm-hmm. eating and then there's a huge trend nationwide in wellness and people people dieting or trying to eat better it's a major problem in america and yet there were so few restaurants like at that time zilch because it was like nine that, that you that, could get something that, that is were healthy, focused right? yeah. on the inter- focused on the intersection of those two major major trends um so, I mean, obviously, I didn't have that aha moment. That's the sense that it makes me now. I was just going, I can't get a good salad anywhere. I can't, can't really eat <laughs> yeah. healthfully anywhere. All my girlfriends trying, were always right? like, we're picking, cherry picking this one from here and this yeah. one from there. And it's an afterthought at basically every restaurant. Um, and yet here's this huge, huge growing market kind of segment that that's basically unmet demand so did did you ever think about doing it in a place beyond new mexico yeah i always like so i wrote a business plan and i it was always meant to be a concept that had multiple locations but not like some gross terrible chain but like i i i considered it that because it felt like it felt like a concept that had that just was needed um there were starting to be concepts competing concepts opening at that time um so it was something it, i think ideas are weird in that way too they start to like flourish in different areas sure um or i could say that i put the idea in the universe and other people <laughs> stole it i don't know <laughs> chicken or the egg i don't really know <laughs> so anyways um yeah that's business plan took me three years to actually really get Vinny open from there i got a truck because i was going to sling salads out of a truck and then then this location became available i was able to do a lease purchase on it agreement with the owner so it things kind of started i didn't know it was not 
it wasn't easy going like oh this no of course not yeah Yeah. i mean you got a bit to learn right Mm -hmm. yeah and i always had to have people like i i knew what i didn't know Mm. like very like i i knew i was not going to do this without some like help of people who had way more experience than me but in i don't think experience is the limiting factor in i don't think so yeah in in restaurant in restaurants or any new business it's it's the idea and the orientation to the customer like if that if you have that connection if you have something people really need that they can't get elsewhere that is the thing so when you think about the actual build out of the fir- i'm going to call it Vinny, which i think is a, <laughs> a very nice yeah. cute way to, to phrase, it, <laughs> phrase it what was the thing you wanted a customer walking away with um a feeling of delight and wellness yeah. nourishment like n- deeper nourishment um, I think obviously to feel light and healthy and well fed. Um, but Vinny was always after the, like not just the physical idea of health, but also the emotional, mm. um, mental health. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, just well that that eating is an emotional thing. Sure. That it's plugged into our emotions in all these different ways that, that kept us alive. Really, it needed to be that way. You know, so we feel vulnerable when we're hungry. We feel cranky. Hangriness is a real thing. It's a real thing, yeah. So, and and that people needed to be feel safe because a lot of people feel a lot of guilt and a lot of fear around food and all these negative emotions. And I, I wanted it to be sort of a sphere of positivity around food. Totally and accepting, and you could come in there and co- communal, maybe. Yeah, and not deprivational either. Like health at that time, and still even a little bit now. Americans define healthy as like by omission, mm. you know, by what oh, right. what we don't eat, what's bad that we're able to cut out. And I don't really think that's health. I want to kind of come up with something that's a little like... Inclusive. Yeah, what do you eat? What are these amazing, you know, veggie color flavor rich dishes that you are eating? Yeah. As opposed to, I'm not eating gluten, gluten, I'm not eating sugar, I'm not eating dairy, right. you know, like we... Which, which begs the question, and of course, this is going to be a slight tangent, we'll come back, but when you think about people needing to feel nourished and communal and, and um, almost, not coddled, but cared for yeah. with their no, food, Yeah, no, it's very right? maternal in that it, way. I think so, too. How do you feel about that trend of people somehow <laughs> being... Because you're right, health is defined by what you don't do. Mm-hmm. So how do you think that gluten particularly, which is the kind of the center of not doing something, like, oh, I can't eat gluten. Like, how do you feel about these trends in food ultimately? Okay, well, I'm the kind of person that if you tell me I can't have something, I'm going to think about it constantly and crave it more. <laughs> yeah. And I think that the problem with a lot of these diets and cleanses and you know intolerances is it sets up this extremism. Like right. it's a nice idea if you're like the five or one percent of the, the population that can stay on these ridiculously difficult to maintain diets. Yeah. Like that's awesome. I am not one of those people. And I also think that when you start to do that, it creates this idea of like waiting for your life to start when you're super healthy. Mm-hmm. And Oh, interesting point. Yeah. And so I don't think that's really real. Like it's not where where real life happens like your life happens right now and there's a little bit of a like extremism of okay it gets harder and harder for that time when you're going to you know do the perfect whole 30 yeah 
And then when you're off of it, you're crazy off of it and crazy out of whack. And I just, I see that happening still. Sure. In, in the ways that, you know, oh my God, I feel so guilty. I had so much gluten. I have gluten face. And then gluten like. Gluten <laughs> face. Oh my God. Get out of here. <laughs> so there's just, I just don't, I don't think that's the answer for if we're honest with ourselves. Like yeah. I think there has to be a middle road where, sure. where life starts right now. Moderation always. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. And all things, including moderation, you know, Absolutely. like, so I guess that's, a, I don't think that's the best definition of health, basically. Yeah. Like, I think health is how much you enjoy your food, the amount of time. Like, I think a better resolution, for instance, is I'm going to just spend more time eating und- with, like, with people I love right. without distractions. Like, that's a great New Year's resolution. That's a way better barometer of success than saying, think, I'm not going to do these things. Yeah, because I, like, you're not what you don't eat, you know? Like, <laughs> I want I want to define my life by what I do, yeah. you know, not what I don't do. That's a good point. I mean, and that goes back to straight edgeism and punk rock in the 80s and stuff and, like, Mormons. I mean, there's so many different kinds of cultural artifacts where people don't do things, and that's how they define themselves. Vegetarianism, yeah, is like that. I don't do this mm-hmm. at any rate, but it is a kind of like this social phenomenon. So, after let's say year one with the first Vinny location, Santa Fe, what did you learn at that point? Oh my God! Well, I know it was probably a laundry list. Of it things. was crazy on the job training, and it was like I was so out of balance. I mean, I was just working crazy crazy hours every time i open a new like it's just hard the first year is hard um i learned so much about the business that i didn't know Mm -hmm. like i mean i didn't know i didn't know i knew nothing which was great because you like ignorance is bliss in that situation I, i mean i just blindly plowed ahead i probably would have been scared shitless if i had like had more of a clue about how hard the business is how I mean, I knew kind of, but like yeah. how high, you know, high the failure rate is, all that jazz. I think um, I, the, the big, in the beginning, what was the most unexpected was how to manage people. Like oh, this, yeah. And, and, you know, restaurants are this motley crew of, an, of incredible but slightly crazy people. All like, kinds, you know, all kinds, yeah. like we're just like the people that are drawn to that business are interesting, unique characters. A lot of people are just passing through on their way to something else. Um, but, you know, having really lofty goals and, and, and a mission that was very clear from the beginning, but mm-hmm. then how to translate that into the little details of just, you know. Did you find you were good at that? Communicating with other people, motivating. I probably other sucked at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I'm so much more chill now. Like, yeah. I think at the beginning, you, you really want to, like, I'm in charge. Right. I should be respected. Well, ego, right? Yeah. Comes into and play. And, like, now I, like, you know, I don't lead that way. I was yeah. much more of a little tyrant at the beginning. But I was also, like, you know, I didn't have, there was no option to fail. Like, I was like, you well, know, you, every, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, Not exactly. do this? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, yeah. it was like, it was, I was all in. Chip's yeah. all in at that point. So it was like every little detail was really important to me. So, um, and it, it still is, but at that, I was so, I was there every shift all day yeah. in a different way than I am now in terms of like operationally. Sure. And what, about how long was it before the second location opened up? Um, so we opened 
it was four well i the it was three years of being open mm -hmm. before i found the second location and started construction then we got open that next year so four years between the first one and the second one opening and so involved in that was my education so, so, <laughs> totally different experience the second time i imagine yeah because you're bringing a lot more to the table yeah so you know there's a momentum i think the and, and there was a lot more momentum for instance in albuquerque than there was in austin which is something i didn't think about yeah. because we had brand equity that we built at this little place in santa fe that just got busier and busier and busier and it, it, it had customers from albuquerque it had a following yeah and you've got some momentum there. You're still sort of spinning this solar system into or orbit whenever sure. you open a new place, but there was a lot more momentum. Just and in the, they, the market itself, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're starting something. Restaurants are really like, there's a lot of inertia. Once they get going, they go. Yeah. But starting is always challenging. But the second one in, from going from Santa Fe from Albuquerque wasn't as much of a leap. And we had, a, a, you know, a lot of buzz and a lot of customers that were crossover. Yeah. Um, it was a bigger space though, so we still got our butts kicked right. because more people, right? Yeah, like we the waves like little Vinny is small, and we'll sometimes turn it like four times, six mm. times even in the high season, but it's small, so these they're little waves. Right. Albuquerque is a bigger space, like the Austin restaurant, so it's just a different experience operationally. Mm. So, but so you know, you always like go in and you try to fix this thing that you see as a problem, and. The existing one and then you've created another kind of <laughs> whack-a-mole right like yeah exactly i've it's solved totally this thing and then it's a whole nother thing it's mm -hmm. like you know what i'm gonna do i'm like i'm gonna go to a different state now let me <laughs> give me a whole new set of problems that's about where i'm at i want to deal with different things. exactly exactly and I, so it was it looks like something around february 17th of last year mm -hmm. that you opened up vinaigrette in austin which yeah. is a different market yeah but we're talking almost a year to the day how has this chapter been for it's you? been incredible it's been challenging and and i always think of it just because i'm like cheesy santa fe kind of vibe this mm. way like it's always emotional there's always an emotional component of growth for me because sure. there's a letting go that has to happen and then being in a whole other state there's kind of that has been just sort of finding my roots and mm -hmm. my rootedness has been challenging um which is why i'm so excited to have this farmland in bastrop because to me that's like having that kind of real connection to the land here yeah. the restaurant too is like our philosophical center it's really important sure you I mean it is literally yeah. putting down roots yeah and yeah. and and that's what i think is cool about us is that we want to be that connected to the community that we're like now nah, we are growing here yeah. like we are part of part of the dirt cycle here you know um are the people the people much different i'm i know the answer to this but in which way are people in, in austin, austin different than let's austin's say a lot younger yeah. um but there's a huge new mexico is super cool like santa fe is a great place to visit and mm -hmm. so we had tons of austin customers there's a huge austin santa oh, cool. fe like the whole first month we were open everyone from that had visited us in santa fe or albuquerque was like our customer base to start it was crazy it was so, so sweet funny, they yeah. were bringing in people like you know because we kind of just opened quietly yeah. you know and so there's a huge overlap there that was the reason that i came to check out austin is that customers that lived in austin and came to one of our locations like would not leave me alone <laughs> so that there was a lot of overlap there yeah. and so i knew that that there was some quality you know um that 
would make Vinny a good fit. Yeah. Um, but well, it's, it's already much, like calling to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then I fell in love with the location and the tree, and and the, I have to South, have that South kind Congress, of, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's a really it's a really special lot, and it kind of has, has this historical kind of gravitas. So, um, but Austin's very much it's a much younger market. You know, there's I kind of think of the two places like Yin and Yang. Like mm. Austin's like more like high energy more outward more masculine a little bit yeah, okay. and so that's the yang i guess sure. and then santa fe is a little bit more inward and social like not soulful and and sort of feminine it's like the yin and the yang yeah um but there's a real wellness culture here um but you can cater to that yeah right? yeah it's implicit to, mm-hmm. or rather intrinsic to austin as a place is it i, I don't know difficult's the right word but you're learning new things, yeah? Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, like, Austin is, first of all, there's an incredible food scene here. Yeah. Not that there isn't in New Mexico, but it's on another level here. Sure. There's just a ton of competition. So just, you know, and I knew that, and I wanted this one, you know, just across the board are to be excellent. Right, You know, right. because you can't not be. You're well, down there's the road too from many a million incredible yeah. great places where people can go eat. Um, not necessarily doing, again, there wasn't a lot of places that were, there are some awesome ones, but directly focused on wellness and health yeah. as much. Um, so we felt like we didn't have a lot of direct competition, but there's just so much good food. And at the end of the day, you got to speak to your good. customer through deliciousness. Like that's the, that's the mode of communication Absolutely. you know so yeah and you guys have kind of a cocktail program too and know? we did that here because i wanted to you like know that it would work i know i'm like <laughs> yeah. what are you gonna do under this tree but like you know sit around and drink a little bit sure so, and if you get the right stuff you know it's yeah. no different than eating something organic or well and i think um i was interested in balance like what like we obviously wanted to make sure that that our cocktail program sort of fit with our larger brand, yeah. You know, which is I think there's a healthy, balanced way to imbibe, and absolutely, and and you know, so our drinks aren't super high alcohol, and they they tend to the cocktails tend to kind of focus on the juices, yeah. Um, but alcohol is all botany; it's all it totally it's is. All, it all starts with a plant and then there's distillation with like interesting distillates that are you can play off those notes so yeah. i think that's super fun um and and fits with our sort of produce focus so yeah it makes a lot of sense i mean it's very much in line with the vision health because you can drink healthily mm-hmm. you know whether that involves moderation or whatnot but i just some sometimes i can't trust the person that doesn't drink like yeah. anything like it's all right if you just drink beer i don't care about that but like if you, i don't drink like, why yeah the, what, yeah there, i think there's something about just letting go and then and enjoy right. you know that sort just of just let it happen yeah well and for instance one of the things like brunch we, we also started a brunch program here a lot because we were all like the those of us who moved from santa fe or uh or albuquerque were really missing chili um, oh my god yeah oh. <laughs> so because it's a different thing not texas oh, chili like new mexico to- chili totally get it yes yeah, yeah so we but green we, or red right yes yeah. yes so but but brunch is definitely like a moment for day drinking in austin too it is it's a great thing and, but what i love about it is like here it's one of the last bastions of like people setting aside large 
chunks of time for enjoying food and drink. Yeah. You know, you, it's to just imbibe. like our, our other, yeah, like our other, I, one thing I see in Austin is like, we're a lunch driven concept. I mm. mean, it's just lunchy food for even people who aren't core customers. Yeah. But a lot of people in Austin are so busy and, and it's that they're not taking lunch breaks. Like it's like becoming a thing of the past. And right. so that's the only thing that makes me a little bit bummed sometimes I want, cause I think health again is like, do you think that you are worthy enough to sit down and eat lunch? And this is a question I have to ask myself because yeah. I will work through lunch all the time because I work in the biz. Right. But I think, I think if Austin peeps need to focus on something in terms of health, it's eating making lunch, the time. making, taking the time totally. for it, you know, yeah. cause you're, you know, you're driving in traffic, you're, you know, there's just a real pressure to eat while you're doing three other things. Right. You know, that's yeah, an interesting thing. So, I mean, you know, we look back at this inventory of your life. Like that's what this this conversation will turn oh into. <laughs> I'm gonna go home and weep. This Just many kidding. degrees, this <laughs> many blah, blah, blah. So three locations later. And I'm sure there's something next. But what I really am more interested in is has your personal life ever came at the cost of your business life in terms of love, in terms of family? Were those things that ever were of interest to you? Um, yes, I think, and I think that's what I am sort of adjusting now there, there, especially in restaurants, there's like, and bars, like there's a tendency for it to be all of your life. Yeah. And, and I tend to just like suck everyone into like, okay, so we're all going to do this together. Right, right. Um, but like I took August off and went home and, and I, that, it's crazy what I did, but I, I didn't, I got a flip phone and I still have it. I haven't gone back to my smartphone, but <laughs> um, and I spent the whole month with my mom and my dad and cause I love them so much. And yet I feel like I, you can always sort of say, we just use our busy busyness as an excuse for not connecting with the people that we love That's sometimes. A great point. And yeah. I was really doing that. And I still do that sometimes because it's a crazy business and my life is batshit crazy sure. sometimes but it'll I'm, always be that there's that's not going to ever exactly change. again it's that whole idea it's like your life is now yeah like it's like so stop now if you want yeah like what are you waiting waiting to get better You're yeah. waiting for the industry to stop being busy yeah. it's never gonna happen yeah. you know yeah exactly like those those and 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 there's probably a part of me that likes it and is feeding off of that and so i have to like if i want things to be different they have to be different now and yeah. and um Yes. So yes, it's definitely something that where I, I would say that, it, and that's partly my personality. I'm kind of blabbering here, but the restaurant is so much me. Like mm -hmm. I put so much of my own like style and love and just every little detail I perseverated over and put yeah. like, I felt like it was like Care Bear Stare on stuff in Austin, like and all of them. But like, so, so sometimes that means that I'm getting all of my juice out of the business and yeah. I have to make myself stop and go, you know, you need to be doing those things that are unrelated. Yeah, absolutely. Because then you live in a sense, what is it, not a monetary, but like a solitary life in a way? Because mm -hmm. you're focused on one. And, and this is not a critique. I've done, I did the same thing for years. But letting people in is the most enriching thing. Mm -hmm. Letting your family in, letting your friends in stepping away from your obligations and just having some time to enjoy a mascot or yeah or a nice meal you know what i mean so you're it seems like yeah like those are it, those right? are the most important like you know listening to 
the sound of the wind in the trees like right. it's weird those are when ha- those are those moments that happiness bubbles up in and so you've got to right. make space and time for them and i think in the last despite the austin opening being quite an intense push um for a variety of reasons but that has been sort of the theme of my life since for the last few years of just like you know finding those things that give me a sense of peace and balance and space like yeah. meditating i also met my fiance boo boo and all this mm-hmm. like so all of a sudden there's someone that i feel so strongly about that it changes I, it doesn't it that that i'm like whoa i want to be outside of this because yeah. i want to be with this person you don't that change and god you know, I, I had this conversation the other day that we're so apologetic us us entrepreneurs about love right like mm-hmm. well don't worry it won't get in the way of the business like mm-hmm. but it should but it's as important as like absolutely yeah I love the idea that everything that we want, we want because we think it'll make us happier in the having of. Yeah. So why don't we just be happy now? That's you know, because right. we, we don't, why do we want this, you know, beautiful, successful brand? Why do we want the money and the things and the whatever? It's yeah. all because we think it's going to make us happy. And first of all, it doesn't. Happiness makes you happy, right. you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think I've definitely had that kind of it seems like a, a realization yeah in a sense. yeah and it's kind of a constant theme in my life but like in a deeper and deeper way it's like sort of sometimes it feels like we're spiraling around this stuff you yeah. know and it's like a because i i definitely had a similar awareness when i was very young of like this isn't right for me yeah. you know but you just making time for myself or putting the not putting the cart before the horse i think is a big I think it's important important idea for any entrepreneur yeah. you know it's like your your business actually follows your health not That's the other right. way around if you're not good it's not good mm-hmm. you can only it can only put out what you put in yeah you know what i mean yeah that's not always time sometimes quality is you can get just as much done in an hour as eight hours just mm-hmm. depending what you do mm-hmm. so i've got two more questions for you and i promise they're not going to be too too challenging or maybe they will be i don't know let's we'll see so you've three locations in that's more than most people can can ever account for with their entrepreneurial spirit and their business acumen and savvy and all this. What does this look like though? Like, is there an end of the track, or is it more locations? Are you wanting to sell the concept? What do you think the end game is? So, um, I'm very much someone who doesn't. Um, I think the future is a direction. Mm not a destination i think i read that in pixar guy's book creativity Inc., yeah. which is such a good book and I, I that that made that resonated so much with me because i don't i you i try to have a, a sense of the future because i think that's my job yeah is like this is where the ship's heading guys this is the picture this You're the is captain, what, the world right? we're trying yeah. to create but if i'm too specific about it you, then you make poor choices and do boneheaded things, you know, when the world's telling you, no, that's not the right choice right now. Mm-hmm. So I want to continue to expand vinaigrette as it feels right when the spaces and the relationships and the opportunities arise in an organic way. And that was always the mission. You know, I'm not, I'm going to do this organically in many right. ways, right? Um, not a surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, And so, but I also see these issues with sustainability and food and i want to continue to expand that part of what we do which yeah. is to say solving some of these problems with food 
sourcing that exists that have not been solved yet. Um, so the farm in Bastrop is really the next step on on the journey yeah. for me and being able to include other restaurants and other farms in that so we can start to like help one another out because it's way, way, way harder than any anyone outside of the industry can understand to source sustainably yeah. um, because restaurants are kind of getting like we just take all the heat for anything that's wrong kind right. of. Oh, totally. Um, so anyways, that's what I'm most excited about for is sort of creating hubs um, of sustainable food team upage kind yeah, of collaborations. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to talk more about that piece because there's there's like yeah, that's a whole other. And uh, but I'm yeah. No, no. I mean like in terms of alcohol, actually. Yeah. You know, like, I swear to God, I'm like so myopic. It's like yeah, but what about the alcohol? Aaron? No, but it, but it, honestly, no, there's a lot related. of opportunity. Yeah. You know, there's mm-hmm. many native plants. There's lots of room and opportunity for cultivating brilliant types of agave that grow really well in texas you know um so yeah, there's lots of especially stuff. the way things have changed yeah i'd imagine that would be an incredible and then trying to team up with other like i think we could all just work together restaurants could collaborate in a way that would make them all more sustainable i um, think so especially yeah. in austin which is a great opportunity yeah you have a captive audience and you have incredible farmland, incredible dirt, like right outside the city. Yeah. Like you don't have that in other metropolitan centers, like like you do here. Like Bastrop dirt is ridiculously beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, so the last thing, and because this is always a question for me to try to understand, kind of what makes people tick, like maybe on a comedic level or an artistic level. So you are having a meal or having a cocktail at your favorite establishment in the world. Let's say it's London. Let's say it's L.A. I don't know. You could sit and have a meal or a drink with anybody living or deceased. Who would you like to sit there and just spend a couple of hours getting to know? Oh, man. Okay. So can I have two? Sure. Okay. So it would be, and these are so funny, like not, they would probably not want to sit down together. <laughs> <laughs> I really, like Wendell Berry is super my hero, like. I started reading him. My mom forced it on me when I was very young. Um, and so he really, to me, is the father of the food movement, yeah. um, saying all this stuff when none of us could hear it way back in the 70s and 80s. Um, and then Michael Pollan Michael kind of Pollen, yeah. picked up the torch. So Wendell Berry and then Louis C.K. because I love him. Louis C.K. <laughs> I the suspect it would be good. The three of us together would be a really interesting conversation. It would be so strange. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that one might be like crickets. There's got to be a couple. Well, I bet as long as you guys are sipping something to mm-hmm. facilitate banter, mm-hmm. I think you guys would be in good shape. Yeah. I think it'd be pretty And it would, ha- it would probably be because Wendell Berry's from Kentucky. Oh, so, geez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. You'd just bring some bourbon. Yeah, exactly. You guys are- some, enough bourbon and they'd be buds. So. Totally, totally. <laughs> well, you guys at Vinaigrette here on South Congress, just about to celebrate the year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Any special festivities to kind of kick off? I don't that? know what we're going to do. I'm we're, we're rolling out some new, a bunch of new kind of seasonal specials, um, stuff that I was just really craving. Yeah. And then, yeah, we'll probably do something fun. I just got back in town, though, and I'm going to get together with my crew. We're having our holiday party late, so that's our next focus. As long as you're having all it, All of right? us getting together, yeah, and yeah. having a good old time. And then, and then, yeah, we'll have to come up with something fun, probably – post about it and and celebrate our year because it's been 
it's been a lot of fun and a lot of my peeps have moved moved here from us a couple of my managers moved from new mexico and just fallen in love with austin yeah. and love the city you know so yeah it's amazing well i can't wait to see what happens in the future you know i'm always i'm always trying to guess i'm always trying to infer maybe what kinds of things will happen so it's exciting Aaron. i think that there's a massive opportunity with the farmland piece we're going to talk about that more because i've got that same kind of focus but not in a restaurant capacity but it's really been brilliant chatting and you know well done thank you three locations change of careers so to speak (laughs) yep you're here in austin doing a great job well thank you i appreciate you taking the time to sit down no thanks for having me yeah it's a pleasure yeah thank you so much thank you so there we have it, Miss Erin Wade, the fine proprietor of the Vinaigrette Restaurants. Again, celebrating a one-year anniversary in this third Austin location located on 2201 College Avenue. Great chatting with her. Very, very bright, very ambitious. And I can't wait to see what kind of innovation stems from the Bastrop slash Austin farming scene, like a neo-farming scene. There's so many cool things emerging in this city, food-related, booze-related, and I can't wait to be a part of it. And Aaron, hopefully, we can collaborate sometime in the future. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how you deal with death and cancer when your family is going through some shit, or if you're questioning if they should ever make yet another Ring sequel, please keep dancing.